Thank you for listening to the Film Sharks. This week, we're doing something a little different. Jesse's super busy. He's working. He's moving. All kinds of crazy stuff in his life. So it's just me this week. So if I'm the one that you guys least like, then do that. I guess you can tune out for this week. But but I hope you stay tuned. Uh, don't have a lot to talk about. It'll be a short episode. I'm going to do some news by myself. And I'm clapping. And then I'm also going to talk about something I've been thinking about this past week. Um, about a new album from a band I really like. But we'll get into it. So stay tuned for that. Hello everyone, all you, all the beautiful people from the internet who either accidentally or purposefully clicked here. Hello to those accidentally. Stay tuned for some awesome stuff. But those who have purposely clicked over, then, well, you already know about all the awesome stuff. I mean, usually. Not all the time. I'll be fair. So, like I said, Jesse's busy. It's just me. I'm going to try something different. This is the Film Sharks podcast, where we talk about films, and TV shows, and games, and music, and lots of entertainment stuff. This week, specifically music but also some film news and whatnot in the world of entertainment. So let's just jump right in because I don't know what I'm doing by myself. I'm so lost. I don't know. Jesse's my guide and he's not here. I don't freaking know what I'm doing. So, okay. So movie news, okay? So apparently, Chris Tucker has confirmed that Rush Hour 4 is definitely happening, okay? So uh, this is... He says it's definitely happening, okay? He says this... On, he said this on an ESPN podcast called The Plug, and Tucker said, it's happening. Jackie, well, I guess I can do it the Chris, Chris Tucker voice. It's happening. Jackie is ready. And he, okay, I can't do it. Jackie is ready, and we want to do this so that the people don't ever forget it. Um, that might be fair. I don't know. Has anyone thought about Rush Hour for a while? I don't know. Look, if, in case you haven't seen Rush Hour... They're pretty good. The first one is great. Second one was a little, little less so, and then the third one kind of had some good moments, but it really kind of—I don't love it. So it's just kind of fine. So if they can bring something back for this one that's interesting, that changes things up, I mean, I really like Chris Tucker and Jackie Chan together. They got—they work really well together. It's really funny. Um, and Jackie Chan actually said that he said that this fourth installment was coming, like, uh, oof, I don't know, last year sometime. But now that we have both of them talking about it, it's kind of, it's kind of like, more likely, I guess. And actually, what's really weird is that Rush Hour 3 actually came out, like, uh, more than ten years ago, which is crazy, because I remember going and seeing that in the theater. Um, so, one other part would be that the director, Brett Ratner, who would direct the first through the third, is probably not coming back because he had some uh, awkward allegations point leveled at him, like most of the, most of every other director that's working in Hollywood right now. Um, so, not likely he's coming back. But, I don't know, what do you guys think about this? Because I'm... It seems like it's been a while, but I'm open to giving it a shot. Of course, I'm open for anything, but really it's going to have to sell me with uh, what's the story and maybe the trailer or two might get me hyped. Who knows? I like Jackie Chan. I like Chris Tucker. They work well together. Sure. I mean, why not? Why not? It's pretty much a question for everything. 
Um, here's some more news. Let's go to DC. DC is having so... They just can't get a break, right? Okay, they got a break with Wonder Woman. That was it. They're, they're just... <laughs> so, Joss Whedon, he's stepping down from the Batgirl project. The Batgirl movie project, I should say. Um, which, it was announced all the way back in March of last year. And now, set, um, reports say that after a year of trying, um, he couldn't crack the code of what a Batgirl movie should be, essentially. Joss Whedon couldn't crack the code of the story. Um, according to sources, Whedon said that... Um, Whedon, sorry, he didn't say this, faced story issues. In today's cultural environment, a male filmmaker may have a, a great may have faced greater public scrutiny if he were to have tackled a movie with a lead character of such uh, feminist importance as Batgirl and Wonder Woman, much like a white filmmaker would have seen backlash on taking on the Black Panther movie, which I'm not certain if that's quite certain, true, rather. That is, male writer with a female-led movie slash a, a white guy doing Black Panther. I don't... Maybe some people have been set, but um, Batgirl is such an exciting project, and uh, Warner's DC, such collaborative and supportive partners, that it took me months, this is Whedon talking, took me months to realize I really didn't have a story. That's what he told The Hollywood Reporter, apparently. And he also added that I'm grateful to Jeff Johns, who's the DC president, and Tommy Emmerich, who is the Warner Brothers president, and everyone who is... And everyone was so welcoming when I arrived, and so understanding. I, uh, is there, wait, what the, I, and then dot, 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 uh, is there a sex, sexier word for failed? Okay, great. Um, uh, I don't know about Joss Whedon as a, as a human being. I can't say... He's the best person, that's for sure. But, however, he has done some good, some good work with female leads in the past, which is essentially why lots of people were excited about him doing Batgirl, why he was excited, while most people weren't worried about it. And you know what? It's fine. Maybe they'll get a woman to do it like they did with Wonder Woman because that worked out really well. And... Why not? If you got a great, if she's a great director, then get her. Um, that would be awesome. So, yeah, I'm not sure what he means by he can't crack the code. He just, I, I hope it wasn't just that he was worried of being scrutinized or something, or he's like trying to do something f fake, a fake virtue by saying, "Well, I can't do this because a woman should do this." Well, fine, that's maybe true, but. Just say you're stepping down because you don't want to look like a chauvinist pig or something, right? I don't know. It's hard to say. He says he can't crack the code. Writing's difficult. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, I just feel like they're losing... DC is losing another big hitter, I guess you might say, in their universe with all the stuff that's going down already... I don't know what the whole I don't know what the whole word is on the future exactly. 
Aquaman's coming out. Maybe they'll reboot it with Flashpoint. Who knows? It's not great. Okay. <laughs> Here's something weird. A Sonic the Hedgehog movie is officially on its way. And is anybody surprised, really? Probably not, because we're getting everything at this point. And so the film is expected in November 2019. So not long. Well, next year. It's going to be the first official cinematic adaption of the popular video game character. So that's interesting. The first official. And every, I guess that's true. So it's Paramount Pictures that are putting this out. And they've announced that the, the Sonic film is due to... Re for release on November 15th, 2019. And the movie is set to be a mix of live action and CGI, much like the forthcoming Pokemon film, Detective Pikachu, or the Smurfs, but they're probably not going to mention that. So the details, here are some details on Sonic. The film are small, but uh, it has a simple synopsis here. So it says... Sonic and his friends team up to beat the evil Dr. Eggman. And so now the the uh, Deadpool director, Tim Miller, he's going to be an executive producer on the film. Interesting. While uh, his collaborator, Jeff Fowler, will reportedly helm the film. And so that'll be his, his basically his debut directing for a feature-length film, I guess. So, that's, yeah, that's what I was thinking. So, hmm. I'm not sure if cartoon CGI things work in a real world yet. And maybe this is the movie to crack the code, but I'm thinking of like, all I can think of is um, Alvin and the Chipmunks and freaking the, the worst, the Smurfs, the worst, uh, which are not great movies. Or uh, even Garfield, I guess, is something like that. So, I'm worried, okay? And it could work. Obviously, if they do it right, it can work. But um, I'm worried about Pokemon. I don't even... I don't, I've never been interested in Pokemon, so maybe that doesn't matter. I'm not super into Sonic. I like the old TV show. I played some of the video games. They're fun. All that good stuff. Good theme song. I don't know. But, you know, I shouldn't be surprised. They're, they're dragging everything out. It's happening, Okay. Speaking of other things that are happening, Universal has announced that the new Jurassic World 3 is its a thing. It's coming out. So, great. Universal says Jurassic World 3 is going to be out. There you have a release date. June 2021. It's, and it's, the film is going to be written by Emily Carmichael and Colin Trevorrow who was the director of the first Jurassic World, and also the one, the director who was removed from directing duties of Star Wars Episode Nine for whatever reason. Book of Henry, if you haven't seen that. Uh, apparently it's not great. But uh, So Carmichael co-wrote the the upcoming sci uh, Pacific Rim uprising, so that's something. We basically had hints of it coming out, so I'm not really surprised. I don't think anyone else is really surprised. Um, first one made a ton of money, and this new one is probably setting up to make a ton of money also. So why not? Because at the end of the day, 
film studios are companies and they're interested in they're interested in making money makes sense there's nothing wrong with it the only thing bad about it is it's sometimes it's done at the compromise of art i guess which is sad but that's the way of the world the world it takes your art and it says how can i make money off this and really that's that would be a nice thing to do because if it's something you really like to do, like art, it's nice if you can make money off of it and grow it and build it into a business and you can do what you love. That's what they say, right? They say, what do they say? They say, if you, if you, if your job is something you love, you never have to work a day in your life. Well, it's not true. You still got to work hard. But it's probably a lot nicer than doing something you want to kill yourself at, right? Which I've had before. And you just feel super... Hey, what am I talking about? Grown-up, adults, soul-crushing stuff. I don't even know what our audience age is. It's probably yeah, like 16 to 25, and that they don't want to hear about that. Oh, gosh. I'm spiraling into existential crisis here. Speaking of existential crises, geez, that's my only, that's our only transition phrase here. Jeez, I gotta get something now. Okay, freaking get something else. Okay. There is, this is probably, okay, ready for dumb news. We do fast news. Here's some stupid news. Flaming Hot Cheetos, there's a Flaming Hot Cheetos inspired film in the works. What? Okay, so Fox Searchlight. Searchlight, they've bought the rights to Flaming Hot Cheetos, right? The, the Flaming Hot brand. And it's going to be a film about the man who created the pain... Well, okay, it's not as weird, but the man who created the 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 snack, right? Okay, so this is, this is Variety reporting on this. Apparently, it follows uh, Richard Mar... What is his name? Richard Montanez. I'm not racist. Montan Montanez Montanez M O N T oh gosh M O N T A N E Z Montanez 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 forget it at this guy Richard as he starts uh oh there's people walking around starts out picking grapes in Southern California before having a billion dollar idea and we'll see him rise from working as a janitor at Frito-Lay to having a corner office. Um, I was, you know, so for my first thoughts when reading this, to be fair, was not a Chester the Cheetah movie, not a real-life CGI animated character in real-life story again, because those never freaking work. Look, it doesn't sound that bad. And it could be great if it's done right, of course. Everything could be great if it's done right, or at least pretty good. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Because that's what freaking America's built on. It's built on starting out picking and picking grapes and being a janitor, and you go from being... Picking grapes and being a janitor to get your own freaking corner office at Frito-Lay. That's what the American dream is. That's what I'm talking about. Because if you if you do what, if you work at what you, jeez, if you're 
work it. If you do what you love, you never have to work another day in your life or whatever, right? And this guy, he found his niche, niche, that thing that he's good at. Flaming hot Cheetos, which are apparently really bad for you. Apparently, 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 apparently I say apparently too much. Let's see. Any more news? That's your hold music. Oh, here's something interesting. So, direct director Guillermo del Toro, who's famous for the Hellboy movies, not the new one coming out, the first two, which the second one is really good, so you should check it out if you haven't, even if you haven't seen the first one. It's worth it, I think. Director of Hellboy... And First Pacific Rim, pretty good. And Shape of Water, which has been nominated for several Academy Awards. And it's pretty darn good. Um, he, uh, let me see. He's been, a, a lawsuit's been filed against him, okay, and the estate. Oh, from, by the estate of the playwright Paul Zindel. Now, I know what you're thinking. Like, who cares about a lawsuit about about some guy, right? Tyler, we don't care about lawsuits. We're we're here for entertainment. We're not here for stupid... Th well, you're getting what I give you, okay? It's entertainment-related. It's movie-related. And it's kind of interesting. Look, really, there's not that much news going on. I kinda, I'm kind of scraping. But, so, he he's... He's been... Claims that... Paul Zingel claims that The Shape of Water plagiarizes his play, okay? Because, so, this is elements of his play, I should say. So, Zindel's play was from 1969. It's called Hear Me Whisper. Shape of Water, Hear Me Whisper. Eh, I don't know, whatever. So, apparently, Let Me Hear You Whisper follows a cleaner. Kind of sounds like, kind of sounds similar. A cleaning woman as she tries to free a dolphin from a laboratory that weaponizes animals for military use. So a little bit of Jurassic... That's so weird. Who would, of course... Who would weaponize... How do you weaponize... How would this work? Weaponizing... Dolphins. Would they use, like, help, like, Navy SEALs or something? They can kill sharks with their, their faces when they're ramming into them. A bunch of them will kill sharks. They can be vicious, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, this cleaning lady, she tries to set free a dolphin from a laboratory that wants to weaponize animals for the military use. And, of course, Shape of Water, Sally Hawkins, plays a cleaning woman in the Shape of Water who has a has, forms a relationship with an amphibian guy, dude, and who's being held in a top-secret research facility. So, I guess it's similar, you know. It's fine. Guillermo del Toro says he, that he was apparently not he was not influenced by the play at all. He hadn't even seen the play, or or didn't even know about it for that matter. And so that's the reason they're going to court. Isn't movies fun? Isn't it nice learning about the way people can just work together and make good movies and not steal or not not try and make money by trying to sue somebody 
and take their money because it was kind of similar to your play, right? Isn't that great? Now, I, I, I always want to side with people I like or people uh, that I think are great. They make great art, and I want to side with Guillermo del Toro. Sounds like he didn't do it on purpose. There's a lot of crap out there, and it's easy to plagiarize things without even knowing it. Okay, It's happened before. It happens a lot, you know. Nothing new, as they say, right? You, your creation, it's always... its Anything you make, anything we make, is based off of our experiences of something else in some way. Like, we can do... All we can really do is take something that we know and change it slightly into something that we don't know. that That's slightly different, I guess, you know? You, you'd see a tree, and you think, oh... I need that for, I'm going to make an alien version of that or something, and it's 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 purple, and it's got polka dots, and it's more like droopy and, and like jello-y or something, but it's it looks like a tree, it's shaped like a tree, it kind of looks like a tree. Everyone knows you got that from a tree or whatever. So, it's hard to say with any certainty whether someone obviously intends to, and I don't, I don't know, do people deserve to be sued for accidentally plagiarizing, I guess, right? Why don't you just say, it was a mess up, okay, I get some of the money you make from the movie. I don't know. It's weird situation. It's kind of different, but it's kind of similar to the play. Whatever. That's all I got for news, guys, and I said it would be short. It's not that short, but it will be short after this. Promise. Here we go. We're going to talk about the main thing right now. All right, guys. With with Jesse being gone, I figured I'd just do something a little different. Okay, something I something I want to do on my own. It doesn't really have anything. It's not something I've been thinking about this week. Okay, so recently. This past week, like I said, I've been listening to a new album by a great band I admire and enjoy uh, called Death From Above, or otherwise, or sometimes known as Death From Above 1979. Not sure what the day has to do with it. Anyway, the name of the band's not really important. The important part is they released an album in September 2017, and somehow I missed it when it came out, and I only just recently found it. Uh, a week or two ago, and I was like, what? How did I miss this freaking album? I gotta go, I gotta get it. And so I did. It was simple. I just, you know, iTunes. So, I got this album, been listening to it for, like, again, a week or so. Not very long. And it's really good. Listen, if you like, it's, the genre is, it's, it's punk, it's alternate, it's, you know, rock, hard rock-ish, some bluesy feel. Uh, if you know Royal Blood, it's very similar. These guys are a two-piece, two guys, from Canada, actually. Um, and it's just bass and drums. And I love when, I love duo band, or two-piece bands like White Stripes or, well, lots of others ones. But... It's really cool when it's bass, so they're kind of similar to Royal Blood in that way, because Royal Blood is also two-piece and bass and guitar, and they sound they have similar sounds. So, but it's cool. 
and I love the minimalist. I love the way that just two people can make so much noise, I guess, essentially, and sound really great and full and stuff. You wouldn't think it'd sound really full, but it is. Anyway, so the the uh, the new album's called Outrage! Uh, exclamation point is now, okay? And so I kind of wanted to talk about that idea. So I was watching. It was it was a live show that they were doing, and the singer slash drummer. I know it's pretty awesome, right? It's like Aaron Gillespie style, if you know Aaron Gillespie of Underoath, drummer and a singer. So it's really cool because I'm also a drummer. And I sing, so it's cool when I see a drummer singing. I've done it before. It's pretty. It's difficult when you're starting out and all that stuff, but you you get it eventually. But drummer singer uh, Sebastian Granger and freaking great name. Um, he was talking about the albums, the the meaning behind the album, and paraphrasing, he says he said essentially that he was noticing. All this outrage, basically. And he felt like he was seeing it everywhere, right? He was It was being pushed. And he had this idea. He was like, are people trying... It seems like people now are trying to just... Trying to get me outraged all the time. And it seems like... And, I, and he talked about that. And he's talking, you know, social media. Just normal, traditional media. Life. I mean... All around, he's being shoved this stuff that's supposed to make him... And he was talking about how he's seeing all this stuff, and it's making him everything... All the bad things that happen in the world. It seems like more thi- more and more things... More and more bad things are happening now, but it might just be... <laughs> growing up, you start to realize all these things, and you're just like... I'm being bombarded, but really, it's always been bad, but you're only realizing it now. Anyway, he feels like, you know, he's being bombarded by all this stuff, and... That's aimed specifically at making him outraged, and he felt outraged all the time. And he was, you know, saying how he wasn't. Outrage doesn't make him feel better. He's he's being force-fed it, and it's no good. And so, essentially, this album is about. He's any well, okay. He was he was wondering: Are people targeting me specifically, or just targeting people to give them outrage? And. Yeah, I started thinking about that. Out, you know, outrage culture. That's definitely different than how it has been. Okay, and a big component of that, or proponent, either one, is social media, internet, whatever. Because this is not how people used to whoa used to live. Okay, it wasn't every single day you see something bad. That just makes you upset. Whichever side you're on, you're going to see it no matter what. And, you know, on Facebook, you're scrolling down and you see in every all your friends, acquaintances, people you just waved at one time. On You know, that's kind of what Facebook friends are, it seems like. People you never talk to. Some people you never talk to, you're just like, oh, it's, that's uh, Jerry. And I saw him at the... The Jar Festival, back in uh, 2013, and we talked for a minute, and then he sent me a f- request, and I thought, hey, might as well let I might as well be friends with that guy. Anyway, that's forget it. But 
you know, you get on the internet and you're like, and you see a video about, I don't know, this jerk guy beating up a, his, abusing his dog or something. And you're like, oh my gosh, I gotta watch this video so I can get so outraged. And you watch it and you're just upset. And then you watch something else about some kind of injustice and you're like, you're upset and you're angry and you're always angry and your stress goes up and you're anger and then you don't sleep well and you're just bombarded by this over and over again the news telling you i don't know whatever it is i mean recently you had this the shooting in florida that makes a lot if if you're not seeing any outrage about that from either side then (laughs) you're missing you're dead because it's everywhere and you can't escape it you know and when Essentially, my feeling is if everything is outraging you, everybody is targeting you and outraging you, one, they're just using you, and two, nothing is worth being outraged about then at that point, right? It's like The Incredibles. That's the fastest thing I could think of. Syndrome, when he's doing his little monologue, and Mr. Fantastic, uh, wow, Mr. Incredible is restrained in the electric, the electric stuff or whatever. And then Syndrome's like, his whole plan, he tells him his plan. He's like, I'm going to go and I'm going to save the city. And I'm going to be the superhero now. And when I'm old and I've had my fun, I'm going to sell my inventions. And so everyone can have powers. Everyone can be super. And when everyone's super, no one will be. Right? So, <laughs> when everyone's outraged all the time about everything, what it, it totally removes the impact of anything being truly outrageous, essentially, right? I'm always upset by. Ouch. I'm always upset by, by the latest thing. And you're being literally bombarded, right? Both sides send you things that you're supposed to be upset about. And people bite it, you know? And I don't want to live like that. I want things to be meaningful when they're when they're worth being outraged over. What is there left to be angry about if I'm constantly angry at things? Let me just read let me read some of the lyrics. Because there's one song in particular. Lyric-wise, I, I, it might not sound great taken out of context, but really good with the song. And essentially talking about, you know, the culture that we're living in and all these things that just don't matter. Um, this is taken from never, the song Never Swim Alone. And this is, this is the pre-chorus taken right after he's been talking about all those things that, you know, like YouTube haircuts and... <laughs> um, usernames and all kinds of stuff he gets to this they get to this pre-chorus here there's gotta be another one coming another generation ready for the revolution or a change of station and then the chorus comes never swear alone um, yeah there's gotta be some group Maybe it's us. Maybe it's the group down the road. I don't see it being us, not most of us. But we're just like, I've had enough of this. Why 
Every time you watch the news, you're just upset. And you're just angry. I don't want to be angry and outraged all the time. Okay? Anger and outrage is set aside specifically to punctuate something that's worth being outraged over. You know, you just get numb anymore. Your outrage becomes numb and second nature and because it's always there. You can't escape it. Radio, YouTube, news, whatever it is. Literally, social media is the worst for me because, you know, everyone posts everything and expects everyone to... Expect everyone to react in a certain way that they want... That they want you to react in, you know? Um, and a lot of it is that... That outrage stuff. And I've had, I've had enough. I'm tired of it. It just makes me angry. It makes me upset. I don't want it anymore. So, anyway, I just thought that was interesting, profound, I guess, maybe. Something I hadn't even thought about. People trying, or make, actively trying to make me outraged and angry all the time. And that's not how I want to live my life. And maybe if you're listening to this, you're like, hey, that's not, that's not how I want to live my life either. And, yeah, join me in the, the, I don't know what you call it, the rebellion against the outrage. I'm outraged about this outrage. <laughs> anyway, if this guy, if guys, if this, um, well, A, if this type of episode interests you, where we just kind of talk about something culture-wise rather than only, I mean, it's entertainment-based, but culture-wise, um, something that's not quite right, I suppose, or, slash, if you like this kind of just me talking or, you know, whatever, if Maybe me and Jesse can switch every now and then and be like, hey, you take one on your own and talk about something you really feel kind of passionate about or interested in at the moment. And we'd love to hear it. Anyway, if, you, if you're in with, if you're with me on this outrage thing, maybe do like a, we can do like a hashtag so I can know who's, who really liked it. You could do like a hashtag like, a, what's a good hashtag about this? Over the, over the outrage. I don't know. Um. Yeah, over the outrage. I like that idea. That's a good one. Anyway, you don't have to do it because it's whatever. I'm not that interesting. This podcast probably was not that interesting, but it's it's always good when I hear from you. Okay, I'm going to do two questions that Jesse has graciously provided me with from Twitter. And I'm going to do my best to answer them on my own. And if you wanted Jesse to talk about them also, then I guess just retweet it and say... I want Jesse's opinion because, let's face it, nobody really cares about just my opinion after all. Uh, this is from Terry McGinnis. It says, at the Film Sharks, would Logan winning the screenplay Oscar help lift, lift the comic book movie stigma since it's a non-acting category? Question mark. Personally, I think it's currently the favorite in the category. What are your thoughts? Uh, thanks, Terry. Mr. McGinnis makes me think of... Well, wait a minute. Terry freaking McGinnis. Terry McGinnis? That's freaking... That's freaking... I can't even think of it. Batman Beyond. Oh, my gosh. This is... This tweet is from Batman Beyond. Um, say hi to Bruce Wayne for me. Old man Bruce Wayne. 
But yeah, uh, Logan, I feel like if any movie has a shot to like reach out of the reach out of the dirt, reach out of the hole and pull uh, the superhero genre out of the whatever the whatever stigma it has on it, I think it's probably Logan. I mean, I'm trying to think of maybe besides the Dark Knight. I mean, you could throw Batman Begins and uh, Dark Knight Rises, I suppose, in there with it. But really, I really feel like the only contenders in this kind of category is Logan and Dark Knight. And if if the Dark Knight didn't really pull it out, it's like, I don't know what else did. Because maybe that's the point you made with the non-acting category. But I feel like Heath Ledger winning that, that role... That should have pulled it out, you know, 10 years ago. Man, I'm so freaking old. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I I can't say yes. I almost, I don't even know. I wonder how people thought of, like, the genre films that came out in the past that were really popular. Like, uh, say, westerns. Were westerns stigmatized the same way that, that uh, comic book movies are now and will it take you know 30 so years or whatever once we're kind of out of this phase to really come back and say hey those movies were great those you know they're 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 given this they're given this new pedestal or something I don't, I don't really know um but yeah I'm ex- you know what if Logan wins I'll be super excited for it because that is a great movie Regardless of being a superhero movie. And I know people who consider superhero movies childish, which is fair because they're technically made for kids. Um, and I don't dispute that. I still enjoy them no matter what. Maybe it's because I'm a child. Maybe I need to grow up. But people who don't like the superhero genre I know of really liked Logan. Because d- despite the fact that it does have the... It's Marvel and it's superpowers and it's mutants and it's all this crazy stuff. It it's a real it's got something real at its base and the best comic book movies have that sort of a thing, um, grounded in real life. Anyway, Terry McGinnis, if that is your real name, Batman Beyond. Thank you for the question and hopefully maybe I answered it. I don't know, probably not. I tried my best. Okay, this is from. Hump, wait, oh my gosh, what? Hump Fry Toast. Hump Free Toast. <laughs> I will name all my toast after you, after you from this point. I'll, well, all my toast will be named Humphrey. At the Film Sharks, can you rank your excitement level between excitement level between the big May releases? Solo, Deadpool 2, and Infinity War. Man, Deadpool has not does not have its subtitle yet. That's crazy. It's coming out so soon. Um, obviously, the easy one is Infinity War. Is I don't even know has an infinite excitement level for me because I don't know. There's like no other movie. <sighs> Maybe The Force Awakens, where I've it's backed by all these great films. Well, prequels, great films, whatever. It's backed by all these films, and even 
yeah, 10 years ago, I guess that counts as, 10 years ago counts as nostalgia. Nostalgia for Iron Man and those movies that came out then, or even Avengers. It's just something that's kind of, it's never happened, it's unprecedented. Um, this amount of film history coming together, this amount of actors, and this, I, I don't know how to put it, this amount of story, essentially, that's coming together, that's going to, like, smash, and it's apparently going to be one, uh, potentially be the longest Marvel movie that's been out, which I'm happy about, because, hey, uh, if it's great, give me more. I'm I'm all for long movies if they're great. Um, so that one is definitely I gotta. That's definitely gonna be the top. And now Deadpool and Solo are gonna be a little tricky. I think I might my expectation my expectations were so in the dumps with Solo, and that trailer kind of boosted them a little bit, or two trailers. But um, yeah don't know it's gonna have to be it's gonna come down to mr ironreich as han solo and i don't know if i can do it if i can get into the mind space of okay he's not han solo he's never gonna be harrison ford i should say and i can just get past it and just pretend that it's some other guy maybe it's gonna be a he's 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 han solo and then harrison ford's han solo comes and shoots him in the head and says i'm han solo now I don't know, and Chewie's just fine with it. Who knows? But new, different Chewie also. Who cares? But yeah, um, I, jeez, I'm not a, I'm not the huge, the biggest fan of the original Deadpool. I think it's funny. I think it's, it was, gr it was good for, it was way better than anyone expected. It's good. It's very funny. Again, well written, well received. Made tons, of, tons of money. Great. Uh. I don't know if I've seen enough from I just it's just the same humor over and over again, so if you're into that, great. I don't know. The first one's great because it was unexpected. This one, since I know what's going on and I know the humor and I know all that kind of stuff and the jokes. I don't know. We'll see. So that's that's the difficult thing for me. I don't know if I'm gonna be as enthralled with it as the first one and who knows. I love all the, all the cast, everyone looks great, all the effects it's it the trailers are funny but jeez i don't know if does it does it go potentially pro, a movie that's it's star wars but it's my expectations are so low or do i go with a movie that's i like but i'm not a huge fan of ugh I, my gut says i'm more i'm interested in solo because i don't know how it's going to go it could be great Trailers were cool, but again, this is that Alden Ironreich thing. I think maybe I can get past it. Ugh. But then Deadpool could come out and blow it out of the water, so, or vice versa, whatever you want to say. So it's kind of a Infinity Wars on top, and Solo and Deadpool are kind of uh, in between. They're fighting, fighting each other. Maybe Deadpool slightly ahead of Solo, but it's kind of shifting, and we'll see. If we get another trailer, who knows? Some other information, I don't know. That's about where I am there. All right. Guys, again, if you like this episode, please, you know, send the let me know. Let us let Jesse know and he'll let me know. Hashtag over the outrage. And uh, if you guys check out this band, Death From Above 1979, um, and you like it, then definitely tweet that to us. 
and maybe let me know if you want some more recommendations for other bands that are similar to them. You might be able to probably find them on your own on iTunes in the recommended. But if you want to, if you want to be lazy, I can tell you some other bands, and Jesse will give you some other bands too, because you know we both we listen to similar ones. Uh, anything else? Anything else? Here we go. Nope. Okay, I don't know. That's all I got, everybody. Um, I'm gonna let I'm gonna outro I'm, I'm gonna outro you to a song from their new album, Death from Above, I should say. Outrage is now, and it is also out now, if you want to get it. So here comes a song called Freeze Me, probably the most well-known from this album, and hopefully I don't get sued. Thanks, everybody. Oh, also, if you want to check us out, it really helps us. Well, check us out on Facebook. Don't have a lot going on there. Definitely Twitter. That's where all the the big stuff's going on. Um, SoundCloud. All the big platforms. You got Stitcher and Google Play and iTunes especially. We got... Let me find this thing. I'm going to find it. And I'm going to... Jesse mentioned it, but we got a a rate from someone we don't know directly. And it was freaking awesome of you as soon as I find it. All right, here it is. Freaking gets the biggest shout-out we've got so far. This is from... And... I'm actually <laughs> going to mess up your name. Um, let me... It's a rating of four stars, my friends. A four freaking... St- four stars! It's so good. Um, and I'm going to mess up your name because I'm very confused by it, actually. But it's... This comes courtesy of... Hello, hello, you. I'm not sure. H e l o o o e o. I think that's a C and E. It could be a foreign name. I apologize, because you're you're um, the you're amazing. You're the you're the listener of this freaking month, maybe the year. Who knows? But he says he rated. He said good stuff. Rated it four, and he says honestly. Great quality podcast. Well, I don't know if we deserve that good high of a praise, but thank you so much, sir. I'm just going to call you Hello because I'm not sure about the last part. I apologize because you're amazing, and I feel really bad about it. But had to shout you out because it's awesome. And if you guys want to join the the Listener of the Month Club, go and rate. I mean, look. I mean, give us a, like a three middle of the road at least. We're not terrible, right? We're not terrible, right? That's seriously all I got, guys, okay? Just had to call that out. Love you. Rock on. Listen to the song. Peace out.